So we identified that we could work with PPC agencies and be a great referral source, likewise for design. And that really accelerated us because they were essentially our outbound sales force. Welcome back to the show. In this episode, I'm interviewing Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, a very specialized personal injury marketing agency. Chris shares three highlights in this episode. There's a bunch more on the way. My top favorites are how he decided to niche down and how you can do the same using data and going very, very specific. Second, how to build an outbound sales team that's not part of your company, but still yields high ROIs. And third, how to make hiring the right people a lot easier. Hint, it's not using ZipRecruiter. <laughs> All right, dive in and enjoy. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, excited to be here. Great, uh, great to be on the show, Philip. So during the conversation, we'll kind of talk about uh, high-level things like trends that are impacting the marketing landscape, technologies, and so forth. But why don't you give us an introduction of how you got into this world and how you got into personal injury marketing and just kind of the story of rankings.io. Yeah, of course. So I, I have a history education degree and I ended up getting a job at a local high school. I was a JV basketball coach. I really thought that I was going to pursue coaching as a full-time career. I thought I was going to do the collegiate thing and go as far as I could. I was really passionate about it, but I kind of fell into this digital marketing opportunity. I was working as a detention room teacher at this high school. And, you know, you, you, you have the, the kids that got in trouble, you know, whether they're tardy or whatever. And I had all this downtime after school. So I typed in the worst query ever, how to make money online. And after getting through tons of junk, and stuff that was just terrible. I found Ed Dale's 30 day challenge to make your first $10 with affiliate marketing. I don't know if it still exists, but it was an excellent course at the time. And I think I made like my first 20 bucks, but I just went all in. It gave me the basis of knowledge to pursue this. So went to warrior forums. Cause back in the day there weren't, there wasn't Udemy and all these areas where you could go to just get the education all in one place. So I had to really hustle and get on forums and things like that. But that's what I did. And by the end of my second year teaching, I was waking, making substantially more doing affiliate marketing than I was teaching. So it was a really easy decision to pursue it full time. I was ranking number one for double chin, assay fruit, alcohol withdrawal terms, stained concrete floors. I had portable generators that were ranking and, and that was very profitable. And around 2011, the first penguin algorithm hit. That was the algorithm. If you weren't doing the by the book link building and content generation, it just destroyed my income. It went from, let's say $15,000 a month down to like $2,000 a month. So, but I knew I wasn't doing things evergreen. I knew that I was kind of cutting corners. I wasn't providing value. I was doing the EMD, the exact match domain thing. I was cutting corners. I wasn't providing value like I should. So, I ended up getting a job at a local digital agency and they were a full service agency. They worked with everyone, but they had a decent clientele list of legal. And I ended up rising to be their top guy at the company, their top SEO guy, their top, I mean, I did everything, PPC, you name it. And after a couple of years, I didn't 
really agree with how they were running the business from an ethical standpoint. I'll just kind of leave it there. And I just decided, hey, this isn't for me, but I know because these individuals are doing it a certain way, I know I can do it. So at the time, around 2013, I launched attorneyrankings.org. That was my first URL. We were an agency that, that catered to all law firm practice areas and did SEO, PPC, and design. Kind of went through other transitions and we can really dive into the how I got to just personal injury SEO and rankings, but basically that's kind of the journey and that's how I got into this world. Since you touched on it, I'd love to to dive a little bit deeper on on what made you, first of all, have the courage of deciding that this was going to be your niche and saying no to, you know, those other potential clients. Yeah, so so part of the competitive side to me is I, I don't want to pursue anything where I can't be the best. And I felt like PPC and design, while we did a good job and our clients were happy, I didn't feel like we were the elite of the elite. And I thought that the the amount of effort to get to that level just didn't align. And also from a, a data component, every decision we've made has been based upon data. So at the end of the first three years, we looked at our P&L and we looked at them in a yearly, but I'm just saying at the end of three years, we identified that SEO is our highest profit margins and we weren't making a lot of money in these other areas. And we were growing substantially through referral par- partners. So what I wanted to do was refer out all of this business and just do SEO to make it easier for other agencies to refer to us because we weren't a threat to take an aspect of their business away. So what I mean by that, and this is really critical because this helped us accelerate, accelerate tremendously fast, is most agencies, they'll do all different types of things. And let's say an agency does PPC, but they need to find someone that does SEO. Well, if they're trying to refer someone that also does PPC, they may not want to do that because there's this unintentional consequence of, of poaching. But because we only did SEO, they knew that we would never take their PPC business. So we identified that we could work with PPC agencies and be a great referral source, likewise for design. And that really accelerated us because they were essentially our outbound sales force. We basically just hired tons of agencies to sell for us. And we had to pay a commission just like you would an in-house sales rep for that referral commission, and that's fine. And that was a massive growth uh, occurrence after, after we did that. And we were very intentional with nurturing these relationships. So anything you put effort into comes to fruition. We didn't just hey, we want referrals. We were like nurturing these relationships, helping them out with their marketing, being great partners and trying to help them succeed, kind of the rising tides, lifts all boats type of situation. After around 2019, again, it was a data thing. And we looked at not only SEO and legal, we looked at what practice areas were generating the amount, the most revenue for us. And we identified that 70% of our revenue was from less than 40% of our clientele, personal injury. Very clear signal that we needed to pursue PI full time. That's what we did. We referred out all the other business and set up even more referral opportunities because we are now turning down anything non-PI. And that is kind of the sequence of events. There's a lot of pros and cons to this. And the first one that I think I'd, I would address is most people think that when, that you 
want to go full service because you have a larger market cap. But the problem with that is, is there's more saturation, more competition. It's harder to stand out than if you niche down. And by niching down, you're perceived as the expert and you can charge not you can charge higher fees more easily. That's really interesting. So a, cu- a couple of pointers there that, that really stood out. Um, one, you guys really nurtured the relationships, right? Today, mm-hmm. so many um, people wanna, want to have these transactional sort of relationships because they just want the quick money or they need the revenue and things like that. Um, talk to me maybe a little bit about that factor in terms of how, how the role of, of patience maybe has helped you in, in growing your business sustainably and, and really niching down with your positioning. Well, the, the biggest thing is our efforts for the most part from a marketing standpoint have been inbound. We've, we followed even before I read it, the win without pitching manifesto by Blair ends. We embodied that. We didn't just from my personality. I don't want to try to sell you on why you need SEO. If you don't understand why you need SEO next, and I'm not even going to talk to you. <laughs> so we just really focused on educating us because my background's not in sales. Now, when you become the owner of a company, you have to be good at sales. You have to learn and, and be comfortable with these conversations, kind of reframe what sales actually is. But I never wanted to try to convince, like come to me when you're ready, when you understand the value of what I provide. And I think that was the biggest differentiator is knowing that it kind of dictated our marketing strategy to be more educational, more value-based and the leads that did finally come to us are ready to buy. I didn't have to really pitch them hard. And that's kind of that process on the referral side on that being intentional, which is a long-term play as well. I read the ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes and he constantly references the dream 100 for your prospects. I reframed it to create a dream 100 referral partner list. So what I did is I segmented by category all of the ideal, who would be an excellent referral partner for me? Who, who, who do my clients need and, and what services do they need that I don't provide? And those are the individuals I tried to build relationships with. I kept them all in a CRM. I had a nurturing sequence and the absolute best way to nurture a relationship is, is to send a lead with no expectation of anything in return but everyone wants to reciprocate. Everyone wants more leads. So those things kind of happen naturally. So you've been in this business for a while now and you're, you're very specific. So maybe talk to me a little bit about trends that you see really affecting um, the legal industry and marketing specifically in, the, in that sort of context with your journey as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. Um, what are some things that you wish you, you maybe had done sooner on the inside uh, of your company for agencies. It's gotta be podcasting right now. The barrier to entry to get these major superstar guests is so low. I drop an email to Seth Godin, do a little bit of outreach and get can get him on my show. What other tactic can you do to get in front of somebody like that? And once you get him, you can get anybody. It's the barrier to entry to get into these major influencers is extremely low. And and it's also very low cost. I also think that Apple has a go. If we have a bunch of SEO nerds listening to this, Apple has a long way to go if you treat it like a search engine. 
So when you think of Amazon, Amazon's algorithm is dictated by conversions, by, by what product's selling. YouTube is by engagement, watch link, things like that. SEO, content links, user experience. Apple is still very keyword heavy. If you're searching for a new show, typically the shows with the keyword in the name are what rank. So there's a big advantage because as saturation continues and there's more and more noise, they're going to have to improve their categorization. So right now it's really important to get in because you can stand out. That's, that's a big one is I'm seeing this a lot with YouTube playlists too, from an SEO mindset doing that. The other thing that I've done recently, and, and this is going to be the first podcast that I share this on, and I'm not so sure how this is going to be taken, but I started doing digital real estate acquisitions. And what I mean by that is instead of me wanting to rank for a keyword, I go look at who's ranking for that keyword and try to buy their page and do a 301 or buy the whole website itself. They already occupy the space and it's just buying that virtual real estate. So I've done three of those this year. And in fact, if you go to SEO for lawyers, you type that in, we rank four times for that query. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting strategy. Some, some larger companies do that. So it's really interesting that you bring that up, sort of the, the different brands that are front facing mm -hmm. that then kind of lead back to the, to the same sort of uh, source, same, same company, right? That provides that service. One thing that's been very beneficial was every one of our executive team members at our company has an executive coach that's been tremendously valuable. So our director of finance is a CFO coach. Our operations person works with Brett Harn, the digital project manager. Our sales people work with Southwestern Consulting. I work, I have an executive coach, Carl Sakis and company, and I'm in a mastermind. My VP is in an, a Vistage key group. This investing in my people was tremendously valuable and because it trickles down from the top. And I wish I would have done it a little sooner. Now, a lot of these things are costly, right? So it's at some point, it's harder to do it when you're early in the game, but that was something I wish I would have really got intentional about a few years ahead of, of where we started. One, one thing that comes to mind when you talk about investing in your people, right, is the, the talent pool that is always limited mm -hmm. and where with a landscape that's changing so quickly, if you are in the position of, that you're growing, your name is relying now on, like your reputation relies on the service you provide. So as you hire people and bring people in, uh, you know, getting them onboarded quickly, making sure that they're up to speed with everything, that they embody your values, that's mm -hmm. probably a big piece as well. How do you think about hiring and, and expanding your team as you grow? So that's, that's one of the hiccups that we had. We've overhired. I would say one of the learning lessons was not forecasting properly. And when we got a whole bunch of project work over hiring where we could have just reflected, maybe improved our processes and, and possibly processized things better and, and delegated a bit better. But the, the biggest things when it comes to hiring is think of it like this. And I heard this from Jack Daly. He's a sales coach. He's, he's tremendous if you're reading his stuff. I was in a Vistage meeting back when I was in Vistage three years ago, three or four years ago. And he's like, how many of you have a recruiting list for staff? 
and like nobody raised their hand. Like maybe I knew one or two people I wanted to work for me. And he kind of gave this example of Mike Krzyzewski from Duke. First of all, I don't like Duke. I'm a UNC fan, but he comes to mind where most of his players go to the NBA every year and he brings in the new five and they're good. They're competitive. So he's actively recruiting new talent. So it forced me to, first of all, be aware of who's out there because you never know their circumstances and what may change. And we have an active recruiting list. So a lot of times when they need to hire, they're like out searching Indeed or doing the zip recruiter thing. And you're, you're starting fresh, but we have an active recruiting list. So if I need to fill a certain position, I already have X amount of names on it that I can just go pull from. So the time to bring them on board is lower. I already know their skill set, and that has been tremendously valuable. And I'll tell you another thing that, that we're doing that will totally change the game when you think about it from a sports standpoint. Take the NFL. You had offense, defense, and special teams. Well, your special teams is typically those that don't make the offense or defense squad. That's the associates program for a legal profession. So as soon as somebody gets hurt for offense, you got that special teams guy that comes in. So we're doing that type of, we're, we're nurturing an associates program. We have somebody in this junior level that can fill in eventually when they're ready. And the last thing that I would say is on finding talent. One of the big things that we, we are huge proponents. And I got this from Cameron Harold of a double, double, he read, uh, he wrote meeting suck and free PR. There's a tool called spark hire. It's, it's similar to zoom where you, you pre write your questions and the applicant goes in and they record themselves in little one to two minute videos, answering the question. The reason I like that is because it ends up being your recruiting database. You can write down, take notes on their skill set. I, when I was interviewing people live, I'd always forget who was who. They would all kind of blend together after you talk to so many people. But then I could just pop on that short video and watch it at any time. And, and I, it'd be a reminder of who they were, what their talents were. I can rate them. I can score different areas of their answers. And those three things, that will really, if there's anything you take away from this podcast, those are the three things. It's the, the associate program. You're always recruiting and using a tool like Spark Hire. All right. So let's assume that you kind of, you know, you do everything that you want to do with rankings.io. You get to the end of the road. Uh, what would you like your company, your brand rankings.io to be known for uh, looking back? Rankings.io specifically, we want to be known as the preeminent personal injury marketing agency. I think we're up there in the upper echelon, but I want to, I want when there's a whisper of who's the best, then the, all for us to always be top of mind. That's, that's the number one goal, because if we are the best, we're the preeminent that that means that we're truly helping our clients and they're getting tremendous value as well. And that's what it's all about. So can you expand on, on the word of, of preeminence? Yeah, just, just the elite of the elite, the best of the best. We, we want to, when there's a whisper of who's the best SEO agency, who's the best digital marketing agency for personal injury law firms, that's rankings. Before you end that sentence, we're immediately top of mind. That's, that's my goal for rankings. I have, I think once 
I think many of us, these visionaries, we have this kind of shiny object syndrome where you're always batting off ideas for, for myself. I, I kind of want to expand into a more general business thought leader as opposed to so niche for SEO. I think I have a lot of value to provide just from a general business strategy standpoint that that's kind of the next step for myself. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Uh, if someone wants to connect with you um, or they want to learn more about rankings.io, uh, what's the best place to get a hold of you online? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's rankings.io. Or just find me on LinkedIn, Chris Dreyer, and Dreyer is D-R-E-Y-E-R, -E and I accept all connection requests. That's the social network I'm most active on. People listening, go check him out on LinkedIn. Uh, Chris is pretty active. I've seen him in the comments on multiple posts as well. Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Philip. And that's a wrap for the episode. I hope your ears enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. I hope you took some nuggets. If you have any advice or feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at philip at Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.